Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Hello, everyone. I'm Belle. And I'm Carla or Kurt. And we are the Disney Dykes. Woohoo! And my lovely wife, what will we be talking about today? Today, we are going to focus on how to fix or tune up World Showcase in Epcot. We sure will. But before that, just a couple of quick announcements to make. Um, we are now on Stitcher and iTunes, um, as well as SoundCloud. So your favorite sort of podcast network, please go um, like, subscribe, please rate us if you can. That does a lot in advancing our show here, and we'd really appreciate it. Hold all your friends down and make them listen to us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Threaten people with violence. Totally. And um, also, as a side note, I hope everybody had a wonderful Pride Month. Woo! Here on uh, Disney Dykes, we're going to be celebrating Pride Month all year round. <laughs> That's right. Pride Month. All day. Every, every day. day. <laughs> also, I'd like to share a very interesting story from uh, Belle's parents here. Um, according to her mother, who I will uh, not name for this specific podcast... Uh, apparently, back in the 80s when they rode Journey to Imagination, uh, I believe the words that she used to describe it were a snorefest. And um, <laughs> they were caught uh, getting a little kissy-kissy on the Journey to Imagination ride. So, not to offend anyone who desperately loved this attraction, but to amuse anyone who may not have had the same uh, nostalgic feelings about it, that... Uh, Apparently some people were not as impressed with Journey to Imagination, but instead were impressed by each other. Oh my goodness. And just as an aside, uh, Belle's parents' views are not necessarily the views of the Disney Dykes or its affiliate corporations. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I have a shout out too before we begin the show. Fran's Fun Flowers. Oh, wonderful people. We met the owners. Yes. Um, at a local festival here. We got a beautiful bouquet from them. They are hand-cut flowers. Nothing, um, they don't use machines. And they're from Little Golden Books. We got one that was Lady in the Tramp. Oh, it's just gorgeous. It's on our table right now. Hand-cut, hand-crafted, beautiful. Um, they have all sorts of Disney Little Golden Books and other Little Golden Books if Disney's not your vibe. They are on Facebook, Friends Fun Flowers, really wonderful work, wonderful people. Seriously, go send this woman all your money. She's fantastic. Um, also, I would like to give a well, little shout out to Wally because it's the 10 year anniversary of Wally. And while I was moving a bunch of boxes out of my family's old house, I found my ticket stub for Wally when I went to go see it with Belle 10 years ago. So, nostalgia 500 right there. Also, because it's the 10-year anniversary of Wally, -E, the Disney store has really ramped up their Wally -E merch, and I'm obviously going to take all the credit for it because I won't shut up about Wally -E until somebody puts me down. <laughs> so I definitely got a plush Wally -E and Eve, and when you got them together, they were only $8 each. $16 for Wally -E and Eve. So eventually I'm going to get around to putting pictures up on our Facebook and Twitter. But just so you know, go throw away all your money at the Disney store because they have Wally. -E. 
Yes, that is true. And no one would ever want you to shut up about Wally. We love it. Who doesn't love Wally? I mean, if you don't love Wally, you can just stop listening to this podcast now. <laughs> Speaking of loving things. Um, in October, we are headed to Walt Disney World. We will be there for food and wine. Woo-hoo. We will be there for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Woo-hoo. And we will be staying at our first ever Disney Moderate Resort. Woo-hoo. So a lot of things to cover when we get back. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll keep you updated. Look for updates on our social media. Hey, and if you're there, give us a shout out. Or give us a high five. So, now that we're done with our announcements, we'll move right into our main topic for today. So, we're going to talk about World Showcase and how to fix it or plus it up or just add a little bit more magic in some places. Um, I'm going to start with Mexico. And I love the Mexico Pavilion. And while I don't really want them to change a whole lot, I would love to see them replace the Three Caballeros with Coco. I love Coco. It was such a well-done movie, and it was so... I mean, I'm too white to say that it was a perfect representation of culture, but it definitely gave me a (laughs) lot of feelings. And I would love to see something that was a little bit more um, well thought out than the Three Caballeros. And that's not to insult anyone who, you know, really loves them. It's just that only one of them's actually from Mexico. One of them's Donald Duck and one of them's from South America. And I don't think that's a really good representation of Mexico itself. I would much rather see them use the storyline of Coco. The one thing I will fight a bitch for, they better not change the fireworks fiber optics. <laughs> that is my favorite part of that ride. And I will... I will man, I will hurt somebody if they change that. It's always been my favorite. It's just one of those things that's an old school technique and I just love it. It still looks good. It holds up. I love it. Don't change the fireworks. You can change everything else. Don't change the fireworks. And we will say that the Coco is already creeping into the Mexico Pavilion. Yes. There are some mariachi bands singing Remember Me. Wonderful clip on YouTube if you haven't seen it. Um, absolutely love it. They do sell some crafts inside of the Mexico Pavilion. Oh, yes. And I would love for them to definitely step up their, like, local artisan type things. And instead of it being like, a you know, earthbound experience where you're getting these kind of ponchos that, you know, it could be something that you find in Mexico or it could be something that hipsters buy in San Francisco. It's up to you. Um, <laughs> I would love for them to really kind of step up their uh, authenticity on that a little bit. That'd be great. I think it would be wonderful to see them selling alabrijas. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. And I, I think I've seen some of that start to creep in, but I would love for that to be more of a, a focus of things. I think that'd be really cool. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm going to take on Norway because we have to talk about the Frozen ride. Now... I will say I rode Maelstrom. Um, I typically liked Maelstrom because it was uncrowded. (laughs) There was never a wait. And it was a really cool sort of creepy vibe to Maelstrom. Um, What I will say about Frozen is I'm a little harder on it than my wife. Which is strange because Frozen is one of my favorite Disney movies. But I do not believe Walt Disney World thought through the concept of putting a Frozen ride, which is now one of the most crowded rides, 
on the same tracking system with the same carrying capacity of a ride that rarely sought over 15 minute waits. I mean, I, I don't see any of the harm in that. I mean, why not just dump a thousand people in each boat? I mean, you can make it work. Disney magic. I can tell you why. And it's because that ride is constantly breaking down. If you have a fast pass for it at 11, good luck. If you're making breakfast reservations so you can gate rush it at 11, good luck. We stood in line for an hour and I want to say that most of that was because the ride was not up and running when it was supposed to be. Yeah, that's actually really accurate. It If you had to wait only 30 minutes for it, I'd say it'd be worth it. Hmm. I'm not sure it's really worth an hour to wait in line for it, but I will say once you actually get to the inside part of the queue, there's a lot of little like hidden magic things where there's, you know, newspaper clippings about, you know, Duke Weaselton and that kind of stuff that is actually really cute. But um, there again, uh, 30 minutes, yes. An hour, eh, not so much. Now that I've ridden it, I wouldn't wait an hour again. I will say while the animatronics are impressive on it, it's hard to like that ride in its context, which is Norway, because while Frozen and Arendelle may be inspired by Norway, Frozen takes place in a fictional country. But I will say something in Norway I really like that ties into um, characters, Disney characters. They have an exhibition on Norse mythology and how it ties into the Marvel characters, um, the gods like Loki and Thor. I think that is a perfect way to bring Disney characters into World Showcase. Now, we could talk about how Disney characters were never supposed to be in Epcot at all, but at this point... Yeah, What's I mean, the point of that? Yeah, once you open the floodgates, it's really hard to get things back out. It's hard to kill an idea. But that's the way you should put characters in there. Put in your fictional characters and show how they relate to real-world cultures, real-world ideas. I think that Frozen would have been a better ride for Fantasyland. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely would have been a Magic Kingdom ride and not a Epcot ride. And I, I just... It's weird that they kind of stuck it in there. Like, of all the places that they could have done that, why in Epcot? Why in Epcot, like, indeed? who saw Maelstrom and they're like, you know what this needs? Elsa. <laughs> I think that Disney looks at anything and they say, do you know what this needs? Elsa. Aye, <laughs> right, fair point. Fair point. Um, okay, so moving right along. Moving right along. So, China... Um, for those of you who don't know, I actually majored in Chinese, so I was all about the Chinese pavilion. While there's a lot of things that I really love about it, the biggest thing that to me I'm just super not a fan of, the circle vision. Mm. Got some problems with it. First of all, Confucius was a dick. I'm just gonna lay it all out there. Like, disagree with me if you want. But I also minored in philosophy, and I would be more than happy to have a 12-hour conversation with you if you want. Hit us up on Twitter, and no, I'm just kidding. Um, Confucius was a dick, and why does he have to be the one narrating something about China? Like, that just to me is just lazy writing, because it, it says to me that the only thing Americans know about China is the Great Wall of China <laughs> and Confucius... And 
maybe there's some stuff in Beijing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Get your lives together. And I, I don't know. I mean, they could basically do anything else that isn't what they're doing now, and I would be satisfied with it. I would love for them to actually have it in Chinese with English subtitles, or if that was, you know, too exotic, to have someone who is actually, you know, maybe there's all sorts of different famous Chinese actors, actresses, some of them that are in America, some of them that are in China, some of them are bilingual. Get someone like that that's a well-known face in the Chinese community and put them as the speaker. Have them talk about China and what China means to them. Not just some rando in a beard being like, oh, I'm Confucius, let me tell you about China. And I'm like, Confucius I don't... Confucius was a misogynist. Yeah, he was. God, I just... He said some things. Sure, that's great. But he was also a dick. Moving on. Um, I would also love to see the circle vision change from being something you have to stand at in front of like these weird bars for 30 minutes. That Well, I want to sit down. I'm I sorry. I can stand for 30 minutes in the frozen queue for free. You know, like <laughs> I would rather it be like little chairs that you could kind of like rotate around or swivel chairs. And that would be, I think, a lot more interesting. Or if that's, like, too extra for it being, like, a circle vision thing, just make it a regular theater at that point. I mean, because nobody wants to stand for that long. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And honestly, with it being a Confucius show right now, no one wants to see a show that long led by Confucius anyway. So... Yeah, um, but I have to also give uh, props to the Nine Dragons restaurant because mm. it's had a lot of meh reviews to it. And a couple of years ago, we went there and I gotta say, the food was actually really good and the drinks were really good. Yes. I had like some kind of peach drink, I think it had like vodka in it or something. It was awesome. Not saying that that's necessarily authentic, but I really enjoyed it. It wasn't, you know, watered down and, you know, some cheapo drink. The um, the food was actually really good and the place was not crowded at all. Mm -mm. I'm not going to say that the food was 100% authentic because obviously we all know that it's not. But it definitely wasn't your run-of-the-mill takeout Chinese food. It was really high quality stuff, even if it was Americanized. And the service there... Wow, uh, we haven't gotten that good of service anywhere else. They are insanely attentive. Oh, yeah. And the pricing is some of the most reasonable I've seen, not just in the World Showcase, but I want to say at Walt Disney World Resort oh, for yeah. a sit-down restaurant. Yeah, it's, it's actually not that bad whatsoever. Lunch with drinks ran us, I want to say, even under $40 yeah. for both of us. Yeah. Very, very good. Um... I'm going to go to Germany, which I love everything about. Love the restaurant. We've eaten the beer garden several times. I love the beer garden. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, I will say the only thing that to me is missing from Germany is that boat ride. If you don't know, when Germany opened up, it was supposed to have a boat ride. Actually, all of those castle structures behind um, and that door that is kind of next to the beer garden was going to lead to that boat ride. 
It was going to take you on the Rhine River, sort of like Maelstrom did in Norway or the Mexico Pavilion did before Three Caballeros, mm -hmm. um, and teach you a little bit about German culture. I think that's really missing from Germany. I would like to see that ride brought back. I am a big fan of slow-moving boat rides that teach you about culture. <laughs> to me, that would just bring that pavilion to perfection, which is already a very well-done pavilion. Yeah. Uh, shout out again to their food. I mean, it's fantastic. And honestly, you know the food has to be really good when they seat you with complete strangers and you're honestly not even that bothered by it. Oh, which is a big deal for us because we have anxiety. Man, I don't like people, but you know, honestly, I would take it to eat some brats. I mean, yeah. it's good food. Oh, and great atmosphere. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I love the, the like, polka music and stuff. The oompa bands. Yes! Yeah. They're super cute. Okay, so after Germany, next to it is Italy. And honestly, I, I may super disappoint someone out there, but I have super neutral feelings about it one way or the other. The only thing that you really do in Italy is shop and eat, but um, that, from, from what I've heard, that's actually not super unauthentic for Italy. Uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Someone out there who's super Italian. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It can stay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so with, uh, with that in mind, I'll move on to the American adventure. <laughs> Say it again. <gasps> the American adventure. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the thing. I like a lot of the American adventure for exactly what it is. But here's the thing. It's super white. Like mm. super white. And you know what? America's actually not super white. Whoa, whoa. That's not what they tell you in history class, honey. Well, by the time that the kids that are born today are our age, white people won't be a super majority. They'll be a minority. What? Yeah, ready for that one. Whew. Anyway, um, I would love to see more influences of the rest of American culture instead of it just being this, like, I get that it's kind of this colonial DC vibe. I get that. I respect it. But instead of it just being acapella, white people singing, you know, America the Beautiful, I would love for them to have some, like, jazz band set up. Because jazz is also a truly American an invention. And that way, you couldn't just have all whiteies in there. It'd be great. I would love to see some people, you know, who grew up playing in jazz bands, you know, the streets of New Orleans and that kind of thing, really bring some new vibe to it. I would also love to see more unique gift kind of adventures. What I mean by that is, one of my thoughts was glass blowing, and I was very uh, cleverly reminded that <laughs> if I was trying to go for a less white environment, glass blowing is probably not how I get there. So, my other thought was uh, blacksmithing. Mm. I think that would be really cool. And especially, you know, someone who's grown up in the South and they have all these weird things where you go and you live in the ye old times where they do blacksmithing. As a kid, I was totally enthralled by that, which should have sent out big lesbian flags for me, but it didn't. Anyway. As a kid? Right now, we're still very super enthralled with that. Girl, get me some wrought iron and an anvil. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, I would love for there to be some like blacksmithing at the American Pavilion. It would really fit in with the themes and then you could have not just whiteys doing stuff there. And how cool would it be to like, I don't know, get some kind of goblet and have your name smithed into it. I mean, you can't get that anywhere else. I don't know that you can get that anywhere right now. Right. It's just one of those things that takes a true artisan hand to do. And it's a dying art and not that many people have actually been able to see someone doing blacksmithing. And I think it would be awesome. And keeping with that, blacksmithing isn't something that, as far as I know, is available anywhere else in the Walt Disney World Resort. Whereas glassblowing is on Main Street. I know for sure they have glassblowing. Yeah. So I think that would be in keeping with the colonial theme and in keeping with something unique. Yeah. Uh-huh. I um also keeping with um spicing things up a little bit, I think that it would be very interesting to improve upon their menu. Because right now the menu is just basically hamburgers. Mm. And I mean, I get it. Yeah, hamburgers, they're totally American, boo, whatever. That's fine. But I think that it would be totally awesome. Have a different flavor of the month, let's say. Say one month you do Cajun specialties like, you know, New Orleans etouffee or a nice po'boy, and then you do, the next month you have, you know, a Philly cheesesteak, or the next month you do a New York-style pizza, or you do, you know, a Georgia shrimp and grits or something sometime. Like, that kind of stuff, I think, would really add a little bit of, okay, well, yeah, American cuisine is hamburgers and hot dogs and getting cancer from eating too much sugar. But it's also these different regionalized specialties that have kind of evolved in their own little sections for centuries. I think that'd be really cool to spice it up with. Oh, I think you're definitely right. Because America's really all about diversity. And that's the real tea. Uh Uh-huh. That is the real tea. It sure is. And... Going on to our next pavilion, right next to that is Japan. You'll remember that my lovely wife said she was a Chinese major. Well, what you might not know about me is that I am a Japanese major. Um, I spent about five months, would you say? Yeah, five or six months. um, In a town just right at the edge of Tokyo. Um, Loved it. Loved Japan. So let me talk to you about the Japan Pavilion. The architecture, beautiful. Very representative of the country. Um, as well as the art galleries and Mitsukoshi. Oh my goodness, I could spend years in that department store. (laughs) It is a real Japanese department store, and it is the only location that you can visit in the United States. Very, very unique shopping. Things that I couldn't get anywhere else because I've looked other places to find these sorts of foods or souvenirs. It is as authentic to a Japanese shopping experience as you could probably get in America. Yeah, and wouldn't you say that some of the things that you find there are very similar to stuff that you saw personally at Sunshine City? Oh, definitely. For sure. Um, The kimonos, the pearls, everything. It's very authentic Japanese shopping. Um, Comes straight from Japan. You can see it on the labels. Some things I'm not too happy with the Japan Pavilion about is the food. I'm less than wowed. Some people might not know, and I'm sorry to offend any of you who love hibachi. Hibachi, the food, is actually Japanese. Hibachi, the grill style, 
where it's like set on fire. That's like American showsmanship. Yeah, the show itself where it's all the hibachi stuff is totally American made. Like fortune cookies. Exactly. And it's fun. And I understand that. But as far as authentic food goes, it's there's not a lot to be had in the Japanese pavilion. It's less than stellar food. I could get it at any like randomized hibachi place in the United States of America. I would love to see some gyudon. Or oh. some katsukare. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, they could do like a ramen stand. Mm, a ramen stand would be amazing. Or even um, katsudon. Oh. Love katsudon. Just some diverse, real Japanese cooking would be nice. And then I will mention that there were supposed to be two other tr- attractions in the Japan Pavilion. One was going to be a roller coaster, uh, a Mount Fuji roller coaster, sort of like Space Mountain. Um, sponsored by Fujifilm, but it fell through. I would love to see that, but what was more interesting to me was there was going to be a Shitsukan, uh, the bullet trains, for Ooh. those of you who aren't familiar. And they were going to do a show in it, like Japanese scenery or seeing some of the sights in Japan. I believe that that would be very well served in that pavilion, where there's already art galleries and a lot of shopping, but I think that would just really bring that pavilion to fruition. Yeah. I think that would be totally awesome. I think that roller coaster would really add some more life into the Japan Pavilion. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like it needs something else there because it's such a big area. And when you think about it, if you're not eating or shopping, what are you doing there? Yeah, exactly. Other than just enjoying the environment. But a really good pavilion for enjoying the environment is Morocco. Morocco! Now, if you listen to our first episode, um, Doing Walt Disney World with Anxiety, this pavilion got a lot of love. And it's not for nothing because it has some of the best hidden features in the World Showcase. Yeah. And hidden features like the courtyard. Yes. You want to talk about that, honey? So the courtyard, there's a specific spot where you can actually stand in it. And when you stand in it, you can hear this conversation overhead that's going. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those really cool hidden magic things that Disney is so famous for being able to do. Um, One of the other hidden features that I'm 10 out of 10 a fan on is the, um, it's like a little museum right off to the left of the fountain when you come right into the Morocco Pavilion. It's like this museum that's also, they got booths in there where you can just sit down nice it's quiet there's nobody ever in there we came in there we probably stayed in that little museum for almost 30 minutes and the only person who came in there came in there by mistake and they left immediately so it's a really cool place to get alone time just away from the crowds and absolutely worth it the architecture is amazing spare no expense (laughs) beautiful nooks and crannies in Morocco just a wonderful place to spend time shout out to the food too we had some baklava in Morocco so good amazing loved it just wonderful pavilion overall and you met a very wonderful jasmine there once we did meet a jasmine she talked about how oh are you ready for a gay break? Woo! Gay, gay break. break. Um, Jasmine asked about my prince, and I told um, Jasmine that she was standing right there. That cast member, what a person, went with it all the time, told her that she hoped we had very romantic magic carpet rides together. 
just a wonderful, wonderful cast member. Truly made my day there. Jasmine's always been my favorite character, and she was one of the best that I've seen. You guys can't see her face right now, but this one is totally geeking out about it because... She's absolutely in love with Princess Jasmine, and I mean, I can't blame her, but now she's all pink and it's adorable, but she was freaking out. She's like, oh my god, we're gonna meet Jasmine, we're gonna meet Jasmine, and we met Jasmine, and she's like, oh boy, and then Jasmine's like, oh, where's your prince, and she's over there. It was so cute. She was absolutely freaking out the whole time, because... Fun aside, we almost met Jasmine one other time in the um, Magic Kingdom, and we showed up just a few minutes too late, and we were told that Jasmine would be back later because she was going to feed Raja. So that's one of the most wonderful memories surrounding uh, how to still have that childhood fun, fancy-free moment while also being a tax-paying adult. So Exactly, yes. <laughs> You're so pink. Oh! <laughs> You love Jasmine, don't you, Squidward? I do. I've loved Jasmine since I was young. She taught me to be rebellious and strong-headed, and I love her for it. Also, I've never met anyone from Morocco who wasn't the absolute most wonderful person. Oh, everyone you meet from Morocco will tell you to go visit Morocco. I literally used to work with someone that I would talk to, I mean, very seldomly, and... She was like, oh, my family's in Morocco. You should go stay with my family. And I'm like, I barely know you and you're offering for me to live with your parents while I go to Morocco. What? So lovely, lovely people. I've never met anyone from Morocco who wasn't just an absolute treasure. Oh, yes. We've met several people from Morocco who are all wonderful. So after Morocco is the... France Pavilion. (laughs) So they get some credits for their their wine. A plus. Their food. A plus. Um, I really like their sparkling grapefruit wine. It's so good. I will shout out to the cast members. They do make it very romantic. Um, even for gay people. Do you remember the, that cast member? Oh my was, god, yes! Yes, he was very supportive of us sitting there drinking wine together and being gay as fuck. Like, he did adorable. He did not misinterpret that situation at all. No, he didn't. Did he, what did he do? He played music, didn't he? Oh, I think so, yes. It was... <laughs> Oh, I almost forgot about that. That was wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah, it it really was. There's a little courtyard where you can sit to yourself and just kind of look over Bay Lake. Um, Not Bay Lake. No, not Bay Lake. A Lake. Yes. A Lake. (laughs) Not Bay Lake. A A Lake. Um, Where you can look over A Lake. And it's all, you know, French manicured long. And, um... It's just really nice and cute, and we were just sitting there having a uh, flute of wine, and it was really cute and romantic. And uh, we have fans wherever we go, apparently. Oh. Um, one thing that I'm actually pretty stoked about, Ratatouille the Ride is coming to the France Pavilion! So for anyone who doesn't know, the Ratatouille Ride is from Disneyland Paris, And it is a ride about Remy the Rat from Ratatouille and him getting into shenanigans and that kind of thing. 
Um, and it is a trackless ride system. I think it will be our first trackless ride system debuting in Walt Disney World, yeah, actually. Yeah, it will be. Um, there's been talks that I've heard, little rumors, whispers in the vine, that they're going to try to do something like that with Dinosaur, but I don't think they're ever going to get there, honestly. Mm. But yeah, the Ratatouille ride would be... Not would be, but it will be. I mean, just absolutely adorable. It's going to fit in. And, I mean... Who doesn't love an adorable little mouse who has dreams? A He's rat. A rat. Who has dreams. Excuse you, ma'am. He is a rat. To ratigan. <laughs> to ratigan. <laughs> the world's famous criminal mind. Yes. Um, one thing that I seriously doubt that they're gonna do, but I would love for them to try and get away with, is the. For a while in France, in Disneyland Paris, at the Ratatouille restaurant that they had there, they had a cast member who would push this little serving tray around, and they'd pick up the cloche, and it would be a little animatronic Ratatouille that the cast member could have interact with the people sitting at the table with um, kind of like a little wand thing that they held away from guests' eyes. And it was super cute. It was actually the smallest Disney animatronic that was functioning that they had built to date. And they stopped doing that in France. So my hope is with the unveiling of the new Ratatouille ride that they might, for a limited time, maybe bring that back out of retirement and have the Ratatouille animatronic go around in the famous France Pavilion restaurant. I think it would be adorable in, and really... In Monsieur Paul's? Yes. Okay. You're like, they're never going to do that. Well, what I said was, Carla said there was um, a themed Ratatouille restaurant off of the ride. Yes. But I, do, I doubt that they would replace Monsieur Paul's because it is so beloved in that community. I would just really love for them to bring that tiny animatronic because look up videos of it on YouTube. It is super cute and it's very believable because I, a lot of work had to go into it to make it so fluid of movement for that small of an animatronic. So a lot of appreciation for all the minds that got together to make that one a reality. So moving right along to the next pavilion. Moving right along. Moving right along. Uh, the UK pavilion. I mean, honestly, it's pretty solid. I, I mean, who who doesn't love their awesome shops there? They have cool Doctor Who stuff. and Oh, tea. Tea. Yes, we love tea. Yeah, no kidding. And they they have such good tea and such cute mugs. Oh. And oh, they're just it's all very adorable. Um you can meet and greet Winnie the Pooh there. It's 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 lit to BH. <laughs> My grown ass got in line to meet Winnie the Pooh. And I regret nothing. There's a picture of me like stoked out of my mind. Ha, 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 Winnie the Pooh! And I'm just standing there like trying not to hyperventilate because I met Winnie the Pooh. And I was just, I mean, oh my goodness, I met Winnie the Pooh, you know? Like, <laughs> how do you not love that? The last pavilion we're going to talk about that's actually right there is the Canada Pavilion. And honestly, we have to breeze right past it because 
We've never been. We just walk past it every time, fam. And I'm sorry. Like, it, it just never occurred to me that we should actually go in. And I'm not sure if that's an us being tired thing or if that's a, okay, well, you know, culturally similar to whatever we already know, blah, blah. So when we go in October, we're going to actually have to make it a mission to go to the Canada Pavilion because thus far we've just kind of walked past it. Yeah, we've never been in that pavilion before. Uh-uh. Uh, I've seen them doing like little concerty type things outside before. Um, yeah, I believe that's where the Eat to the Beats concerts happen. Probably. Yeah. Sounds like that would be a thing that happens. We don't know, honestly. We've never been to the Canada Pavilion. I don't know. Maple syrup? <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, La Celsiar is supposed to be one of the best steakhouses in Walt Disney World, but it's also very expensive. Yeah. Signature dining, and it's two credits. So maybe one day we'll make it to La Celsiar, but it's going to be a while. Yeah. I mean... I like a good steak, but honestly, you know me, I'm a really seafood person, so... Well, those are the pavilions that are already standing in the World Showcase. But we'd like to take some time now to talk about pavilions we'd like to see in World Showcase. This is our pavilion wish list. So... First up on this list, and I'm genuinely surprised that they haven't done this already. Why is there no India? India would be amazing, wouldn't it? I'm I'm still once why is there no India? I don't get it. I, I don't get it either. I don't know. I think that it would be wonderful, especially considering like why are there so many pavilions that are so white? Yeah, we'd be very remiss if we didn't bring up that one of our biggest problems with World Showcase is it's primarily European countries. Awful lot of honkies. Lots of white people in the World Showcase pavilions. Yeah. So, I think I mean of the different cultural foods that we enjoy on the regular, Indian food is right up there. Mm. Get some good Indian food, there's nothing else like it. Mm. It is amazing, flavorful, wonderful food. And, I mean, you can have high-scale Indian food, you could have street food you could have all these in-betweens you could have a signature restaurant you could have quick service you could have a meal stand do some halal food as well oh my god right also there would be really cool opportunities for cool shopping and make it something that wasn't just you know i like what they did with uh morocco but you could sort of not everything has to be a uh, bazaar, you know? Mm. Not everything has to be this market bazaar. I think it would be interesting to see different sides of India represented. Also, if you wanted to, you could make the signature building for India, the Taj Mahal, mm. or as my lovely wife pointed out. Oh, Hindu temples are gorgeous, gorgeous structures. Beautiful. I mean, from the colors to the statuary, Everything is just gorgeous. If you've never been inside a Hindu temple, I highly suggest you go to one. Yeah. And um, architecture, the food, the shopping. 
I mean, all sorts of really cool things that you could do with this idea. Make it happen, Disney. Make it happen. Second most populous country in the world. Do it. Yes, amazing, amazing idea. Um, another idea that almost happened in the World Showcase, they were going to build it, but they didn't, was Brazil. Well... <laughs> Why do they have against South America? Yeah, there is a very distinct lack of South American countries. Well, there are just no South American countries. Who hurt them? <laughs> Who hurt them? Like, I don't get it. Brazilian food is amazing. And you could do so much with a pavilion like that. They already have the plans for it. We know for a fact that they could fit eight to ten more pavilions in the World Showcase. Sure could. Of the pavilions we're suggesting, I will say that this one is closest to happening. Um, there are plans in the work to add to World Showcase, and since this is one of the ones that almost was in there originally, there's a very high chance that Brazil will come to the World Showcase. See, you said Brazilian food was amazing, and my gay ass over here is like, man, Brazilian women are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> gay! <laughs> Yeah, you lost me on that, because I was just like, mm. Brazilian women. Brazilian women. Uh-huh. Get your gay ass to the next pavilion. Sorry. Okay, uh, I'll focus. I can do this. Um, I would actually love to see Egypt. And here's why. We had a wonderful Uber driver who was of uh he was from morocco mm. and he was very upset that all the knickknacks and things that you can buy in morocco were actually made in egypt the moroccan pavilion we should clarify sorry yes the moroccan pavilion when you go to actual morocco it's not all imported from egypt <laughs> <laughs> but i think it would be awesome to have an egypt pavilion and then that way you could make way for actual moroccan stuff to appear in morocco like that's an idea and a half also the architecture and the history of it i think that if you did a show that was tasteful indiana jones so like not offensive and demeaning to culture but if you did something that was really based on the archaeology and the history and i mean the freaking cradle of civilization i mean right. egypt come on we wouldn't exist if there wasn't egypt nobody would you could even do a pyramid sort of like mirroring the Mexico pavilion <sighs> on the other side of the lake. That would be awesome. That would be absolutely awesome. I would love everything about that. And just, I mean, who didn't have that phase in their childhood where they were just obsessed with Egyptian mythology? Come on. That phase in my childhood where I'm obsessed with mythology is ongoing. Fair. Fair it point. It never ended. No, it didn't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Egypt. Get good. Egypt. And as my lovely wife pointed out, one of my favorite suggestions from her when we were brainstorming this list was Peru. What a gorgeous pavilion Peru would make. You could do so much with landscaping, those gorgeous mountains. Yes. Oh, it'd be amazing. You could do architecture. You could do textiles for shopping. And as we pointed out, one of our favorite movies. The Emperor's New Groove. Is set in Peru. It would be. And if you ever wanted to have the pull the lever cronk, you could do that in a Peru pavilion. It would work so nicely. 
<laughs> also, again, why is there no South American representation? Get good, Disney. Get good. Um, and my last... Uh-uh. <laughs> We're not doing this. My last point. The, uh, the only pavilion that the World Showcase needs is a Romania pavilion, where you go into a deep, dark, abandoned castle still inhabited by Vlad the III, and you get murdered and turned into a vampire. Nothing screams Disney. Quite like impaling people on a stick outside of a castle. Okay, but I get your point, but I raise you extraterrestrial. You know what? But where is extraterrestrial now? Where is your god now? <laughs> god, you didn't have to call me out like that. <laughs> we can't, Disney could not, nor would it ever do a Romania pavilion with all of this fictional stuff in it. Hey, you say that. But they got frozen up in Norway. What, you think they're going to make a bloody ass Romanian pavilion? Like, what's what's that architecture going to be like? Like, there's just impaled corpses. You go around World Showcase, and then you end with impaled corpses, and then you go see Illuminations Reflections of Earth with its message of hope. Not unless you're a coward. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just saying it would be totally awesome. Just so you know. It would be like the bloody horror movie that, I, I don't know, it'd be like every horror movie that you ever saw, but you get to live it. That sounds horrible. So in conclusion, <laughs> completely scratching that off of our list, we would fix some pavilions, add more rides, do more to diversify food, and we would add India, Brazil, Egypt, and Peru. And to Romania. To the lineup in World Showcase. <laughs> and I think, my love, that's all we have on how to fix World Showcase. Yeah, I mean, since its inception, the World Showcase has really been a solid delivery of its idea. From its inception, I think that it's been at least a good attempt from the beginning to try and represent these different cultures <laughs> these pavilions actually have people from these countries working them they actually have this culture behind them you can talk to these people that have lived there that have breathed that air that have lived that culture and i think that's really awesome mm -hmm. and i would love to see that get taken up a notch with a more diverse more inclusive less white world showcase because at Disney, there's more to life than being white. There sure is. I would love to see that too. I will say that personally for us, some of our best memories from Walt Disney World are in World Showcase. Mm -hmm. If you have not, I did not think that you needed to take a day to do World Showcase, but we did last year. We, we took did. a full day to do World Showcase. One of the best days I've ever spent at Walt Disney World was doing that. Yeah, and you didn't feel so exhausted from walking it. No, you didn't. It was a very chill, meandering, very comfortable day. If you've never taken a full day to do World Showcase, I highly recommend it. It was awesome. Absolutely 10 out of 10 would recommend. And I think that's all we have for today's episode. Um, if you like what we do here, please go rate and review us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. Recommend us to your friends. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Call us out. We're at Disney Dykes. That's Disney, D-Y-K-S. 
for both of them. Woot woot! And on um, iTunes, we're actually just Disney Dykes because they're not a coward. They let us spell Yeah, them. on Stitcher as well. Fully spelled out Disney Dykes. If you have any suggestions, comments, concerns, you want to shout out, you can also email us, DisneyDykes at gmail.com. And, as always, hurry back! Thank you, everyone.